0: How we do one thing is how we do all things. If we have shame around sex, we're going to have shame around money. If we can't talk about what we want in the bedroom, we're not going to be able to advocate for what we need in the boardroom. Okay, and if we can't admit that we desire and deserve to feel good in our body, then how are we going to tell ourselves that we're worthy of what we desire and what we deserve to feel good in like our lives? And we want to manifest. You know, you desire a dream. And it's that same channel of desire that we want to own in our sexuality, okay? We want to own that it's okay to want things and it's okay to feel good. In fact, it's like, spoiler alert, it's like what we were built for. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Cosmic Rx Radio with me, your host, Maddie Murphy. I am stoked. We are on our last official episode for Aries season. Yup, we've been talking about bad bitch energy. We've been talking about finding your fire and looking at the Mars in your chart and what it means for you. And today we're going to be talking about, you know, sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the things as they should be in the world of sex, like accepting it, owning our desire, owning our sensuality as one of our biggest tools on our empowerment journey, deconstructing myths around our sexuality. And I'm going to be talking about tools to begin to reclaim your sacred sexual power, regardless of your age, gender, appearance, whatever have you, we all have access to our sexual power with or without a partner, of course. And I'm also going to be talking about some books that really helped me on this part of my journey. If you want to go deeper, And there will be a challenge and a call to action at the end. So please stay tuned. Before we get into that, let's just chit chat. So much to celebrate right now. Really loving the springtime vibes in the air. There is rebirth. There is birth. There is renewal. There is rejuvenation. It's just feeling good. We're feeling, we're coming on the end of Aries season and spring has sprung, baby. I've been really loving it. Watching so many of you reach out on Instagram, sliding into my DMs, tagging us in the new beginning, starting for you now, uh, new jobs beginning, going on epic road trips, saying yes to love, saying yes to life. And I just wanted to honor all of that. And I've been getting to watch some of my personal clients, just having some huge breakthrough home run hitting things out of the park kind of moments in their life so cheers to that my bad bitches and i want to just say if you're on your journey and you're in a low moment it gets better keep going i'm feeling it and thank you so much for just all of your comments in instagram i've had so many dms one here The Aries Season Intuition podcast has changed my life. Someone says, I am happy. My life is great. I've expanded so much, but I am still feeling lost, lacking purpose and my fire. Being new to astrology, I knew answers were in my chart, but I didn't know where to look. I found through an app, Channy app, that my Mars and Virgo is in the ninth house. So many nuggets were there and I feel like now I have a starting place, a framework for inquiry and self-discovery that is priceless when you feel simultaneously overwhelmed and lost. I can't believe your generosity in giving away your insight and guidance. Thank you. Times one million, I am so grateful and really looking forward to learning more from you. I'm sharing your podcast with everyone I can and we will leave a review. Hell yeah, hallelujah. I'm doing a little dance, I'm doing a little dance. What's that dance called, you say? Well, friend, that's called watching someone take their power back dance. If you want to go on Causing a Revolution, I actually made a reel about the way I feel when I watch someone that I love. A new client, a new community member, just step into their power a little bit more, turning on their fuck yeah brightness, just a few shades brighter, like, whoa, let's put on some sunglasses because you are lighting the world all the way up with your magic right now. I have so many DMs like that and I just wanted to share them because it makes me stoked and it makes me happy and it makes me feel not alone in this world. There's this like, community of kind of weirdos just like me who are resonating with this and who are open to receiving and open to taking inspired action in their life. And I love it. I, of course, giving away these insights and guidance, they're not even mine to give, they're just universal wisdom and truth that I picked up along the way that have helped me turn my life around. And I am so grateful to my teachers and the people I've gotten to learn from. So it's pay it forward. It's feeling good. We're feeling good in the neighborhood. These are not real songs that I'm singing because I have a no sense of rhythm, key, harmony. And yeah, I'm just hyper. It's this spring has sprung. Like I said, I'm feeling it in my bones. And thank you all so much hello to anyone who's new who's never met me before or been on our newsletters or instagrams or the youtubes so cool to have you here slide into my dms at i am maddie murphy at the cosmic rx i've gotten to talk to some of you from all over the world barcelona ireland singapore I'm like, wow, I've always wanted like an international squad and now here you are. And I'm like, yeah, we're all my cosmic baddies and my mystical witches. We're just like joining together. It feels really good. So thank you. If you're loving the podcast, I so appreciate you leaving a rating and review. I know it's annoying and you're busy, but if you have a few extra minutes, you just slap those stars down at the bottom. We're going to be offering another contest and we're going to be picking... Uh, Names from that once a month to give away one of our notes from your higher self oracle decks So we'll be talking about that more on social media But We're gonna be picking in one person a month to give an oracle deck to because we love the love and we love to share it And I really appreciate you taking your precious time and energy to support our little pod here Send it to someone you love send it to someone you don't love Send it to someone who's cosmically curious or starting up on their path and use it as a fun conversation starter. So thank you for your support of the pod. Thank you for your continued support of it. And just happy as hell to have you here. The last thing I'll say before we start jumping into the meat of the episode, you know, I've become one of those people. I used to get so mad listening to a podcast because the subject line would be like, oh, I want to learn more about like uh, the electoral college and someone would be talking about like their dinner they ate for like an hour and i'd be like when are we gonna talk about the electoral college y'all but i'm doing my little intro i'm gonna try and keep it snappy we have so much to talk about sex today but the last thing i'll say is that definitely write in if you have a question for me i am your cosmic consultant at your service Ask me anything, strategy questions about your conscious business, questions about love, dating, astrology, crystals, aliens. Tell me something messy. It's okay. You don't even have to have a question. You could just be like vending or processing over here or celebrating. Um, You can... Drop written in the type form we have, 1-800-the-cosmic-hotline-type-form, and then Alicia, our amazing, bodacious, badass podcast manager, set up a place for you to leave a voice message for me, if that's more of your jam. So, yeah, let's jump into it. I'm going to answer one of these questions, speaking of the type form, and then we're going to talk about leisure Aries season. As a reminder, these tools exist outside of Aries season. Hello, goodbye, duh. But I'm using this podcast to mirror my style of coaching that I work with a ton of conscious, purpose-driven, heart-centered, badass leaders in their field. I work with not just women. I work with a lot of women but I work with just people who identify as heart-centered. Most people are more femme-oriented. But of course, I work with people who are gender non-binary. I work with people who just don't really care to be defined by such such paltry words like women. But I do say that people I work with are usually femme-identifying. They are usually purpose-driven, and they are usually have been marginalized in some way along the way by our society. And they are mad as fuck, but also excited, inspired, and ignited, feeling something within them ignited to change the world, to disrupt, to cause some trouble, to make a ruckus. So these are my cosmic change makers. And I use the Psy-Off coaching where we talk about Mindset work, spiritual practices, and we talk about pleasure as a way to inform whatever it is. If you're building a new brand, if you're scaling your existing business, if you're just wanting to have more of a balanced relationship with yourself or others, and I use the zodiac season because it's our cosmic calendar. So these are my Aries season musings, or as someone wrote on Instagram, like, I love your Maddie rumination episodes, stream of conscious rumination episodes. Love that. So these are these like solo episodes, our little coaching tools, some ruminations, some things I've just observed along my way and just tools to help you step into your power. So take what resonates, leave the rest. They're just here to help you create space, take up space, hold space. And let's jump into a question. So speaking of the cosmic hotline. Let's go to a question here from stressed out Gemini. I love this. This is like so dear Abby stressed out Gemini current location. Hell, everyone. This is already making me crack up. And this is why I fucking love Gemini's. They're so hilarious. Gemini's keep me hooting. I just had a phone call with one of my favorite Gemini's of all time. My dear friend, Mercury husband, Colin Bedell of Queer Cosmos. And my husband was like, you are laughing so loud on that phone call because Gemini's crack me up. So back to stressed out Gemini. What's the question? It says, Mama Maddie. Love that. How do you keep up your fire and your energy when shit be bad? Between my toxic work sitch and my hard family stuff, I just feel fragile and empty. Uh, love you. Love the podcast. Please keep it up. Heart emoji. Oh, my stressed out, Gemini tuning in from hell. Yeah, this is real. Okay, first of all, I just want to say, oh, my fire is not always up, okay? We're going to talk about in today's episode, I grew up in a very Christian <laughs> household, and I love my parents and the values and the connection to God they instilled in me. But we also grew up in this larger landscape of this church where sometimes, like, it got a little weird to be h and one of these things these expressions that people throw around was like you gotta be on fire on fire for the lord like they would say and my dad like and this just like really stuck with me outside of like the church thing but my dad's like you can't really be on fire all the time you just can't if you were a car and you were riding around in third gear all the time you'd burn your clutch out and i was like 16 17 when i heard this and it just helped me because I think there is a part of me that always wants to be on fire, that always wants to be lit up. And truth be told, we're humans. It just doesn't work that way. So of course, in this airy season, I'm talking a lot about bad bitch energy and finding your fire and staying lit up. These seasons, these zodiac seasons, I imagine them like solar panels. You know, the solar is the sun and the sun moves into these signs for 28 days and we get to soak up a principle and we get to have a reset and a recommitment. And refocus our intentions in um, align with this Zodiac sign and the gifts of it. So this season, I am all talking about fire and bad bitch energy. But you know what happens? Usually for me, by the end of Aries season, I'm like mm, a hair away from burning out. Because your girl has left it all in the field. She has been... <laughs> Activated, going non stop, feeling that fire. And that's why there's such a beautiful inherent wisdom of following the zodiac season. Because I mentioned in my weekly cosmic energy report, we're in this like sprint right now in the sun, and we're about to take a cool break in the shade of Taurus season and get grounded and connected to the lushness of earth and be in our bodies. So the first thing that I just want to say is it's okay. In fact, it's natural and it's good to not be on fire all the time. Okay. That's just first. Then You know, when shit be bad, to quote your thing, you know, life throws some curveballs at us. Life is not guaranteed to be good all the time. Life is pretty damn rough, actually. That's why I'm such a component of doing the spiritual work and connecting to things that are bigger than ourselves to help like shift our perspective and to keep us like centered. Really, that's the other thing I would say is that Um, Knowing that you have to honor your natural cycles and phases, it's okay to not be on fire all the time. Sometimes that pressure to want to be on fire can add to like low moments and they're just natural to let yourself feel what you need to in the moment and to start to cultivate a toolkit of like, how do you protect your energy and how do you center yourself? You know, energy protection is really important because things do get bad around Obviously, we've seen that in the past year. We, you know, don't want a spiritual bypass over life can throw us some really unfair, traumatic, awful things. But there are ways to protect yourself from like your emotions and your experience versus taking on everyone's stuff around you. So energy hygiene, protecting your energy, knowing when you need to like pull back and and take care of yourself is really important. And the other thing is finding things that fill up your cup again, things that do spark joy in you, Marie Kondo, things that that do make you feel the lightness of being again, you know, like the things that make you feel joy and the things that make you remember that life does have a lot of magic. Even in, in the deepest moments of agony, there's a certain thrill of being human and tricky and wonderful thing about it is that you have to find those things for yourself. Like no article can tell you how to do it and you don't want to have it be a list of things that's stressful to even do. But you know, what is it? Is it catching the sunset? Is it going for a walk in nature? Is it listening to your favorite song and screaming at the top of your lungs and having a dance party? Is it writing? Is it you know, scrolling through Pinterest and looking for inspiration? Is it reading? It's, you know, what are the things that help change your your frequency, your vibration that make you feel good? Usually there are things you love to do as a child. So protecting yourself from other people's energy, especially in a toxic work environment is really important. And then finding stuff you do that's just for you and stealing those moments, okay? Like joy is not something that life always hands over to you. You really have to go out and grab it grab that bitch by the horns, go out and take joy. Like, you know, the word enjoy, put joy back into your life. It has to be conscious and it has to be something you do for yourself. I hope this helps. I feel for you and I know it can be draining, but just know it's okay to feel that way. Know that certain cycles of your life pass and knowing that protecting your energy, taking care of yourself and finding ways to fill yourself again. Like figure out what those things are. Make those top priority. And in the meantime, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm holding you in the highest of lights. Okay. My stressed out Gemini. Okay. And now on to my ruminations, to my wild stream of consciousness. Okay. So We talked about Aries season. If you haven't yet, the two episodes before this, the other Aries episodes, we talked about bad bitch energy and we talked about finding your fire. This is all, we're working with archetypal energy. Aries is igniting your bad bitch. That's what we're doing this season. And it's the start of your evolution, of your revolution. Aries is the start of the Zodiac. You know, we talked about the mindset work. We talked about the spiritual practices, the astrology. Now we want to talk about embodiment, okay? Okay. Spiritual work, mindset work, they're great. They're fantastic tools, but we have to also know how to bring those into our body, our body. So many of us, myself included, have done spiritual work and been so disconnected to their body, so out of their body, or you're doing mindset work, but you're not really bringing it into your body, which just leads to more of that mind running off, disassociated or anxious kind of way of being. So, Embodiment work. Every zodiac season I am gonna be sharing something about pleasure, something about sensuality, something around sex. Because why? Why is this part of you know empowering you to be a cosmic change maker, a cosmic baddie? Because it is. Because you cannot have empowerment, you cannot have liberation without looking at your relationship to sex and sensuality sexuality, shame. Okay. It's just something that's in the air we breathe and airy season. The first thing is we're just going to look at burning up the shame off of that because how we do one thing is how we do all things. If we have shame around sex, we're going to have shame around money. If we can't talk about what we want in the bedroom, we're not going to be able to advocate for what we need in the boardroom, okay? And if we can't admit that we desire and deserve to feel good in our body, then how are we going to tell ourselves that we're worthy of what we desire and what we deserve to feel good in like our lives and we want to manifest? You know, you desire a dream and it's that same channel of desire that we want to own in our sexuality, okay? We want to own that it's okay to want things and it's okay to feel good. In fact, it's like, spoiler alert, it's like what we were built for. So this is it, okay? We're talking about how you activate all of this. I just want to say to me, none of this work, I don't really like to categorize this as personal development work, because that implies that something is missing or needs to be gained from you, okay? This is more about unlearning, remembering, healing. We're unlearning and limiting beliefs, okay? We're remembering your inherent intuition, wisdom, and beauty, and we're healing anything that's created a fracture that separates you from the wholeness of your mind, body, heart, and soul, okay? This is also not about perfection. This is about freedom, okay? I just want you to think about that. And these are just things that I'm introducing every episode, things just to have you, like, digest them, marinate them, feel what's activated in your consciousness, see what you agree with, what you disagree with. There's a certain transformation that can happen just by transmission of listening to these things. That's why I love podcasts. They're cool. They they help your brain go in different directions, new neural pathways, okay? And I will also be always making jokes, even when talking about sex and sexuality, because We're here to take our growth and our evolution seriously, but we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. All right. We're here to get better season by season, baby. My mission is just here to help you feel empowered in all things and to create new levels of awareness. Okay. And that's all it is. Sex, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship. What do they have to do with each other? Only everything. We are here especially in this day and age. And we have evolved in so many ways. We are so woke in so many ways, but there is still a lot ingrained in our society that's deeply tied to shame around sex and definitely for women and femmes. But honestly, it's kind of for everyone because even though Women and femmes are definitely more on the receiving end of being made to think that their sexuality is like dirty or depraved or it's not for their own consumption. The truth of the matter is that a society in which some people don't have permission to be their sexually liberated selves, that affects every person in that society. Okay, that's first things first. And I do want to say I am not a professional, like a sex educator. I'm not a somatic educator. These are just some of the things I've picked up along the way, and that I have taken certain courses and trainings on. But they're more just about weaving them in to your awareness with everything else we're talking about. Okay, and there's amazing things we can find in our astrology charts to help us deeper understand pleasure and desire. And it's just part of being a human. Okay. Eros, Eros, Esther Perel talks about Eros is just life force energy. And this is not about, you know, becoming some hyper sexualized Instagram divine feminine goddess. That's like, you know, having sex all day and being naked and feeling so like free in that way, because not all of us have time for that. And not all of us resonate with that. This is just around basically releasing shame and embracing yourself in your wholeness, okay? So like I said, I grew up in a very Christian household. very grateful. My parents are amazing. But I think from a young age, I had a certain fascination with like, let's say like psychology, like how people work and why people do the things they do. I was very drawn to spirituality, even though there's certain parts of my church, we had home Bible studies. It was a whole thing. Bible camp, uh, the whole nine yards. There were certain parts of that I didn't really like that felt restrictive, but I did love the opportunity to connect with God, um, my vision, my connection with God. And I loved like the devotional worship. And some parts of it really did resonate with me. And I loved some of the moments that I had felt, and, like deep connection and prayer, meditation from a young age that I was like, yeah, like I never doubted the existence of a higher source. I doubted some of the things that I learned about this, like sort of masculine, patriarchal, punishing version of God. And I actually always had this like super, I was super drawn to like sexuality, just the thing of it, like being in your body, feeling good, living this orgasmic life. But I always thought those three things, like psychology, spirituality, and sexuality, that I had to pick one lane and just stay in it like nope those things do not go together whatsoever I did find out that they actually all go together and they're all very important and they all have an important role in you know our becoming as human beings the thing I want to focus on today is just using this Aries season fire to step back into your power and burn off the shame that we all, in some way, shape, or form, usually internalized that has to do with specifically purity culture that comes from most Judeo-Christian Western religions. A lot of what I'm going to say is through my own experience as a able-bodied, white, cisgendered, heterosexual white woman who grew up in New York. But there are so many different stories to tell, and I can't wait to have more people on the podcast and share their experiences But I will say that if you grew up, especially in the U.S., even though we are a quote-unquote secular society, meaning that we're not supposed to be tied to one religion, a lot of our society is very tied to Christianity, is tied to the sort of morals uh, of Christianity, you know? Um, We can see that a lot at play, especially when big things happen, big conversations in government, there's supposed to be a separation of church and state, but I don't really know. I don't really uh, think there is sometimes. And I think that it's hard because even if we don't identify as someone who grew up in a Christian or religious household, we might be actually feeling the effects of purity culture in terms of our sexuality. And you might be asking, what is purity culture? The term purity culture is usually associated with the white American evangelical Christian purity movement. And it was a whole thing. It was specifically launched very much in the 1990s. But, you know, honestly, evangelicals don't have monopoly on this. This is different religions have different ways of saying it. Okay. Mormons use the word worthiness instead of purity. I've heard Muslims who talk about honor culture instead of purity. It's just this foundational principle of gender and sexual control that purity culture kind of holds, and it's cross-religious, cross-cultural. In purity culture, or other things of that nature, gender expectations are really based on strict stereotype-based binary. Men are expected to be strong, masculine, leaders of the households, church, and society. Women are expected to support them to be pretty is to be worthy. We are supposed to be feminine, sweet, supportive, nurturing wives and mothers. And sexual expectations vary by gender. Everyone is expected to be absolutely abstinent and sexless before marriage. No sexual thoughts, feelings, actions. Don't dress sexual. Don't be sexual. How dare you? And upon marriage, then they're expected to weirdly blip this switch of their sexuality, like bloop, putting on a light switch all of a sudden, hey, yeah, now let's have sex all the time. Because also you have to have sex with your partner or your husband to make them happy. Men are taught that their minds are evil, that they think about sex too much. And women are taught that their bodies are evil in some way in this very gender, you know, normative kind of take on purity culture. There's all of these like, weird metaphors around purity and a lot of things around virginity, which is just a construct. And it's this thing about like to the purity culture teaches women that they're responsible for the sexual thoughts, feelings and choices, actions that men make. And so they must dress, walk, talk in just the right way as to not inspire this like sexual thought or misconduct in other people than um, men. And it's such bullshit honestly, it's such bullshit. And of course, we want even get into, they don't mean talk about, they only talk about gender as binary, they only talk about like heterosexuality as being the right and normal form of desire, sexual intercourse. It's really based in nationalistic and white supremacist assumptions. I'm sorry, it just is. I said what I said. So this purity culture, even if we don't directly identify with any of that, it just exists. I mean, even Recently, we just had Lil Nas X, love him, and this reaction he had to the uh, what was that call me by your name video? And people lost their freaking minds. It was like what happened with WAP last year no one cares when men have the most like lewd, egregious lyrics all over the place, but then two women, you know, try and do things on their own, talking about their own sexuality and everyone acts like they're personally coming to like poison the minds of their children. And Lil Nas X had this video that, of course, was purposely very provocative about, you know, him like sliding a stripper pole down into hell and giving the devil a lap dance. It's a whole thing. And obviously he did it very well, knowing it was going to piss people off. And of course, people took that bait right away, like hook, line and sinker. And first of all, I want to say that the devil has been used, the idea of the devil, in, like, phone commercials. I saw my friend Leo Rising posted that. And it's, like, it's not new. People use this imagery all the time. But, of course, Lil Nas X, who I didn't mention, is a gay black man. Using this imagery just sent people off, okay? And I saw this amazing tweet that says, when you traumatize a whole generation and more... Of kids with the concept of literal hell (parentheses, something Jesus never even preached). Don't be surprised if they grow up and realize it was a control technique, and then use that imagery to make a point in their art. Or, as Lil Nas X said himself, the you know Christian conservative people say that gay people are going to hell and then you actually get mad when we go Ooh, zing and i just think this is interesting because we feel it we have these moments like culturally and we feel like the outrage and the discomfort and we might even like notice ourselves judging on some level maybe there is a level of judgment over that and this is kind of part of purity culture is we need to check ourselves in every moment our awareness like is this my thought or is this someone else's thought is this something I heard in society? Is this something that one of my parents or primary caretakers made me believe? Because there's a lot of this purity culture it is very generational. It's very inherited, usually. I think we can all think of a time when like a grandparent or a parent, or, again, aunt, uncle made us feel ashamed for our bodies or our sexuality or just said something even in an offhanded way, you know, um, whether it was like your bra shop was showing at like a family picnic and it was like, cover that up. Or if it's just like, oh no, like good girls, good boys, don't do this or that. It's just been there forever. And then we can kind of internalize that and end up judging other people along the way. And there's this whole, obviously, like we're waking up to this. There has been a lot of beautiful leaps and bounds. Over the sexual liberation movement, really starting back into the 80s. And of course, as most big movements, civil rights movements, awareness movements in our country, in our society, led by, you know, LGBTQ community, led by BIPOC individuals. And we're so grateful for that. And people are waking up to some of the control and shame mechanisms that have been used by religion, by whoever the elders in the field are to kind of like control people like we said, control and shame mechanisms that are used to really diminish our power and our sense of self, it's just like air you breathe. Again, like I said, even if you don't didn't grow up in a very religious household, it's permeated in everything. You know, that documentary about Britney came out at the New York Times one, and then we see like how society, like we fetishize and sexualize young women, and then we hate them the second they own that sexuality for themselves, for not being someone else's consumption. Or we like, not we, I'm speaking this collective metaphorical, we We delight in their downfall. So as a powerful woman, it's all like, sex is basically about power. Taking back your sexuality is taking your power back and letting someone shame you for your body, for your sensuality, your sexuality is giving away your power and it's how people manipulate people. And it's been since the beginning of time. So, with that, obviously, a lot of this can trace back, like I said, I'm sorry, to white supremacy, the root of everything, the thing that impacts and ruins fucking everything. But these are notions that if you are good and pure, heterosexual, white, cisgendered, and work really hard, then you won't be harmed, is kind of what it tells us. And everyone loses under the system. I don't care who you are listening to this, what you look like, where you live, but what this system of purity culture with these underlying roots of white supremacy creates toxicity, abuse, shame, manipulation, perfectionism, workaholic mentality, binary thinking, cancel culture, disposability, ownership, a hierarchy, marginalization, environmental abuse, reward and punishment systems. Do I need to go on? It affects us all differently, but I promise you, it affects us all. It affects us all. And as Kimberly Crenshaw says, the better we understand how identities and powers work together from one context to another, the less likely our movements for change are to fracture and we're here for a change and we're here for a revolution and we're here to change our inside world so we can change our outside worlds. But we have to own and be honest about what's going on around us before we can do that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what the F is Maddie talking about? Just come back later. Come back later. It'll hit hit one day. If you are feeling this, there are going to be some prompts in this episode, some tools that I want to share with you. But even right now, pause, write, practice some stream of conscious writing about anything that's come up so far. Anything that's just resonating with you, that's making you think and thinking about how you know, culture has impacted your sexuality. There's this great book, Come As You Are, by Emily Nagoski, Nagoski. it's definitely one of my three top books, I would say, of starting to learn about your own sexual empowerment journey. And she talks about these three M's, the moral message, the medical message, and the media message. And the moral message is, these are all things that these messages we receive around sexuality. And the moral message, there are lies of that, that sex is inherently shameful. Sex is impure. Sex doesn't belong to us. Uh, we lose our virginity. Sex is only uh, for penetration between a cis man and a cis woman. And sex is only good when it's for procreation. Okay. Those are moral messages, lies. And, and she writes about this beautifully in our book, how it affects us. You should definitely look into it. And so just reflecting, like, did you receive any messages like this? Can you relate to this at all? Okay. So thinking about for yourself, great reflection tool. What message did you receive from the moral message growing up? You know, from a church, a social group, a family member, friends, you know, think about that. We want to think about these messages so we can weed them out of the garden of our psyches. All right. So just reflect on this. And then the second M, you know, I always think about this Aries season energy is about just facing things head on too. And that's why I love these tools that she writes about because it's just so direct and to the point. Second M is the medical message. And the lies of the medical message, according to her, are um, we are broken. We are diseased and dirty. Thanks for that. And these are the things like the sexual medical messages. We are ruled by our hormones and we just can't control ourselves under this purity culture as it relates to the medical field. Our genitals must match our arousal, she writes about, you know, like that there's something wrong with us, if we can't get hard, if we can't get wet, if we can't, you know, things aren't pretty down there. And also this is a lot of this ties into pornography, which I'll talk about in the, in the third M they tell us that sex is very dangerous you know if you took that i went to a public school that was non-secular and they were teaching abstinence as the best form of birth control the only form and i talked to someone who's younger than me who just graduated recently and they're still teaching that so wtf penetration is the only real kind of sex that's just not true People who have vulvas and vaginas should be able to orgasm from penetration alone. Medical message can also have weird things around like bringing in sex toys in the bedroom. There's a lot of like weird messaging around that and that, you know, we should be able to just get turned on spontaneously, okay? So medical message, these are lies. These can cause a lot of anxiety. I also want to say in the realm of sexuality, there is no normal, there is no abnormal. You are perfect. Your sexuality is perfect. Your body is perfect. Your pleasure and the way you receive it and what you need is perfect. I just want to say that, okay? Let's talk about the third M, the lies of the media message. Mm, That third M, you know, this is right from her book. She talks about to be sexy, you must be slim, pretty, have massive tits and a Barbie doll shaped vulva. If you don't have the abilities of a gymnastic porn star and or ready and willing with the libido of a teenage boy, you are a prude. I am sorry. That's what she talks about. And it's true. We are taught that, you know, we have to be attractive and pretty to be deserving of love. And that we have to be, you know, physically fit to be deserving of love. And that we have to has to look a certain way, like we see in the movies and the media and in an Instagram photo and in a really cheap porn video. And these are things, and I'm sorry, these affect everyone. Again, gender, age does not matter. We get affected by this. And we have to have the awareness that these are lies and that there is no such thing as like the pretty you are, the more cut your stomach is that, you know, the better sex you'll have. And these are things that can really block you from enjoying the experience of being in your human body. But the first step of, you know, shifting this, taking your power back is just being aware. And when you see these things and just being the observer, the sacred witness of your own thoughts and where you notice any of this popping up for yourself in judgment or even judging others. Okay. So, thinking about how you can relate to the medical, the media, um, how can you relate to the moral message? You know, how has it affected you? This is big. Like I said, we are breaking generational curses. A lot of people talk about generational curses around like money and like financial things, especially on like Instagram or the spiritual Twitter verse. But truly generational curses, breaking them is so much more than that. It's around, you know, someone else dictating your path. It's about breaking generational curses of staying in toxic relationships or unhappy marriages, breaking generational curses are about accepting your sexuality and not rejecting parts of yourself breaking generational curses are about you know toxic masculinity and it being held accountable and calling it out and it's about respecting the feminine and it's about taking care of children and it's about just owning your bodies and your truth it goes so it is around money of course and it is around lack mentality and any other, you know, things that we can absorb around money and wealth, the obsession with them, but breaking generational curses it is bigger than that, okay? There's so many lies and there's so many stories that were told around our sexual energy, around other people's sexual energy. And I just want us to know it's not dirty, it's not dangerous, it's in fact the exact opposite. We talked about purity culture. Truly on the other side of that is that. Sexual energy is sacred, it's divine, it's life force energy. Sexuality and spirituality are wholly, inextricably linked. Your spiritual path is your whole path in life is your journey. And your sexual path is your spiritual path. And your spirituality and your sexuality are part of your artistic path. And these are all channels to your ultimate liberation, empowerment, transformation, Okay. And like I said in the beginning, this doesn't have to be about turning into some over sexualized, like four hour pleasure practice divine feminine goddess, you know, people we see on Instagram. These are just about being able to soften to parts of yourself, to accept parts of yourself, and to figure out what this means for you. All right. We'll get more into this as we go on in the podcast. We're not going to cover this all in like under an hour. I wish, you know, I wish I was that good. I wish... I wish I was that good, but alas, no, but let's just talk about some tools to start to begin to undo this because like literally sometimes I'm like, okay, we're all on the same page, right? Like we're all here, we're all in 2021, we're open about our sexuality, we're feeling good, and then I find myself nervous to, to even make this podcast I feel nervous to say something or I feel nervous to post something or, you know, like it's just even me, like I've been in this work for years and these things still catch, these things still pop up in my consciousness about being, you know, a good girl or saying vulva on my podcast, but I did it. I did it. And also things come up. I posted something around Easter around like something about Jesus and, Oh Lord, did the trolls get triggered, triggered much? People were freaking out. I said something about Jesus supporting sex workers, which he did. And there's an amazing website. I think it's called BrazenChurch.com. They have an amazing article about like, hell and the Bible, how it doesn't really exist. And they wrote it from a scholarly perspective, brazenchurch.com backslash hell in the Bible. So good. People really like started coming at me on this post around like, Jesus doesn't believe in sin and sex workers are sinful and sexuality is, is you're going to hell if you you know have sex before marriage. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. As someone who grew up in a Bible based church, where the hell does it say it in the Bible? Cause I read that thing. Front to back and front again, not by choice. I did it though. I listened to it with my parents on audiobook. Yeah, we would listen to the Bible on audiobook. Okay, just think about that. Think about that. And I don't remember hearing that. I don't remember, I don't recall that anywhere. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot. You're trying to use sexuality and hell as a control and shame mechanism. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. I forgot. Because Jesus never talked about people going to hell, really truly did not the myth of like a literal hell was adopted by the catholic church long after jesus walked the earth and it was to cause fear because people who are in fear are easier to control and then everyone else took it and ran with it not just the catholic church so do not come on my feed trying to say stuff like that also ironically on easter We're talking about Christ. He has risen. First person he rose to, Mary Magdalene, in her feminine. We're going to talk more about her and all of her divine feminine, sacred sexual priestess glory. Also, Easter, hello, was originally like a pagan holiday that was all about celebrating sex and fertility in springtime. And all the images are associated with sex and fertility. Hello, eggs and rabbits and, you know, bucking like bunnies kind of a thing. So... No, not on my watch. Don't come on my page with all this ignorance and trying to shame people. Not today, sirs. Yes, they were all, they were all men. I think there was one woman, but my point being is that this is all really exists. It's here. Like I, I just forget and I'm reminded of it over and over again, whether it is watching something like the Britney documentary or watching Lil Nas X thing or just seeing the response from people on social media when someone has something to say about you know not feeling ashamed of your sexuality and all that's just internalized i get it i send those people love but i also don't let them fuck with my energy mm do no harm but take no shit energy okay so we're going to talk more about this cuz this is a big conversation like i said we're going to talk about pleasure we're going to talk about sexuality and we're going to talk about sensuality and we're going to talk about ways to practice it and cultivate it It's going to be so fun. And again, this is not about fixing anything. This is about freedom. This is about showing up as your fullest, most divine self and not telling yourself that parts of yourself are dirty or shameful or less than. So the first thing that I want us to think about, here's some rapid fire tools to wrap up this episode. Verse tool. Judgment free zone when we're talking about sex and sensuality, and I'm not talking about planet fitness here, I'm saying for yourself, just trying to be aware of where you're internalizing one of those three M's or where you're projecting one of those three M's on someone else. Okay, good rule of sexuality don't yuck other people's yum, don't yuck your own yum. Don't just think about whose voice is saying this, whose voice is saying this when I'm feeling something judgy come up. Okay. That's the big thing. This awareness is such a big step because like it or not to the people in my DMs, like it or not to people on Twitter, you know, harassing people who live in their sexual empowerment. Our bodies were built for pleasure. Our bodies were built for sex, okay? The feminine body has 8,000 nerve endings for pleasure in the clitoris alone, and you're trying to tell me that we weren't supposed to enjoy that? What? Step two building your power, okay? Building your sexual power with yourself, with yourself, Aries season. Before you can get intimate with anyone, you have to be intimate with yourself, okay? Simple as that. We will always be dependent on other people and circumstances and other stories and other things outside of ourselves until we can get intimate with the power that rests in our bodies in our sexual centers, in our breasts, in our bellies, in our wombs, in our yonis, in our shivalingams, in our every inch of our body, getting intimate with that power that lies there and understanding that we are source. We are walking around embodiments of the divine. And every part of our body is a journey in and of itself to take and to go down that road And to understand there are roadmaps that are already activated that we can learn about, but there are also roadmaps just for you to discover, okay? And you can unlock so many treasures within yourself and fall in love and fall in lust with yourself. Really important, okay? That is it, building this relationship with yourself, enjoying your own experience of your hotness, of your pleasure, of your sensations and your actions and your truth outside of someone else's gaze or someone else's expectations, Even if you're like, what the are you talking about, Maddie? Yeah, of course, I'm talking about self-pleasuring, but I'm also talking about self-massaging. I'm talking about self-soothing. I'm talking about talking to your damn self in the mirror and saying, hey there, cutie. Hey, what's up? Hello. Your ass is looking fresh today. I just spank my own butt. Just spending more alone time naked, whatever it is. It's just being with yourself, okay? That's really important you know, the step three, I want you to think about what does it take for you to be safe? Because really intimacy, eroticism, sexuality, sensuality does not exist if we do not feel safe. So learning about your own boundaries, learning about your own consent, and this is with yourself too. Do I consent to this in this moment? Am I honoring my own boundary with myself? Back to the stepping into your power with yourself, you got to also have boundaries and consent with you. But other people, learning when to say no, learning when to say, I don't like that, learning when to say, I don't feel that right now, learning when to say a little harder, a little softer, learning when to say no. And this is not just about the bedroom. Like I said, how we do one thing is how we do everything so learning to say what you do and do not consent to and how someone you know at the grocery store treats you how you know you allow your coworker to talk to you The boundaries that you have with your friends and family, it all, it all goes back, okay? And the more we work on our boundaries and our consent, we create this container, this really strong container to activate more juicy pleasure. But it's just really hard to feel pleasure when we don't feel safe, okay? So boundaries and consent, we're going to go into more of this. If you want a quick refresher on just some starting boundary things, go back to the Mars episode intuition for Aries season, and think about your Mars and think about your warrior energy. And on that same kind of note as boundaries and consent, I'm going to ask you to sign, seal, deliver, commit to something right now. I want you to commit to something, to an oath right here, right now. Stop faking it. Stop faking faking it. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care where you've been, who you are. I'm singing Backstreet Boys. Again, I'm not great at singing, but I want to be musical. Don't fake it. Performative sex is over. That is over. That is not getting you anywhere. That is fake. It's not good for you or the other person. What if all the energy you put into faking pleasure and orgasms was used instead to tell your partner what you actually needed to get off? Hmm, I don't know. There's a thing. Again, back to the media message. Sex doesn't have to be like this perfect journey and linear moment and your hair looks perfect and you're orgasming right away just from penetration or that you're looking a certain way. Like you got to just release that and commit to not faking it. And again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Also, you can't fake it in other areas of your life. Live your truth, baby doll, that is where all of your pleasure is. That's where all your power is in that truth. And that just leads me to a point of like, sex isn't meant to be perfect. Nothing about this is, okay? It's messy. It's fun. It's nonlinear. It's about being present. Next time it doesn't go as planned, good. Just laugh at whoever farted, laugh at whoever fell off the bed, laugh at whatever Freaking thing! You squirted lube all over someone's face. Just laugh and remember how lucky we are just to be in this human body and to have this experience. Okay. And there's so many things I could say about this, but I'm just gonna um leave it on this last thing. This is a very airy season. This is very much a big start, a big step. But it's also a tiny step. This is my challenge. This is my invitation to you. Is I want you to think about being seen. Okay. So much of this purity culture trickles right back to like not wanting to be seen even taking a selfie because it seems superficial or vain or not wanting to pose a picture or we look hot or we just want don't want to be seen we just want to be invisible and that's not for every person. Some people's life lesson is to learn to like not care so much about their image and being seen but a lot of people that I work with have a big fucking thing they want to do in the world a big mission but they don't want to show their face anywhere. How the hell are you going to show up and change the world if you're not going to let like a few hundred people see your face? So this is about a reclamation. It's not about doing it for validation or or it's not about doing it because, you know, you care about the likes on the gram. This is about being seen in the full fucking glory of who you are. So you could start to be seen in all areas of your life. And yes, it can be sexy. And yes, you could be seen showing a little skin, showing a little cleavage, hair toss, feeling good, back arched, and that's no one's effing business. You could still be taken seriously. You can still be like a fucking medical professional or a graduate student or doing whatever you're doing. You can be sexual and be still rocking your field you're in. All right. I want us to stop separating those things. We are having hot girl summer 2021. We are all dressing up like fucking high vibe hoes and thoughts. And regardless of our age, gender, weight, whatever, we're being seen, okay, this summer. So I have a hashtag that I use with my clients and my cosmic bosses, and it's called hashtag sacred thirst trap. Hashtag sacred thirst trap. For those of you who don't know, a thirst trap is a photo you put up to get attention, to get likes, maybe Maybe that person who you like isn't texting you back, so you throw up an old bikini picture of you like, oh my God, uh, take me back. You mean take me back to vacation, but you also are saying, pay attention to me. Listen, nothing wrong. Thirst trap has a derogatory term to it, but we are reclaiming it. Just like we reclaimed nasty women, just like Lil Nas X is reclaiming fucking hell (laughs) we're reclaiming certain things and i want us to reclaim thirst drop okay sacred thirst trap is the act of posting a photo of yourself that you feel good in it can be as much skin as you want showing or not. It can just be a selfie. It could just be a moment you feel confident and good and proud of yourself, of your physical self. And it's sacred and it's divine to be seen. So hashtag sacred thirst trap, please. And please tag me in it. I am Maddie Murphy, the Cosmic Rx, because I want to see it. I want to love on it. I want to worship you. I want to just bow at the temple of your absolute fucking hotness. Okay. So that's your invitation. Don't make me come get you. So like I said, if you want to read more up on this, there are so many ways to start. I really love Come As You Are, the book by Emily Nagoski. Amazing. I love Women Who Run With Wolves by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Amazing book about unpacking the stories we tell in myths and fairy tales and folk tales and how they affect our psychology and our psyche. And it's provided our whole culture with a new lexicon for describing um, our conscious and subconscious minds and talks about the Im- really impact of, you know, the stories we tell. Dr. Estes is, is a doctor, a young Ian Allen analyst, uh, author, poet, storyteller, and it has turned me on my head more times than I can count. So I really recommend that book. And then the third book that I recommend is Sex for One, The Joy of Self-Loving by Betty Dodson, who is like, OG in this field, truly like a real leader, pioneer in the especially feminine sexual empowerment movement. She was on like the Gwyneth Paltrow goop episode or something, but forget about that. I just have known people whose lives have been changed by going to her workshops. Also, a fourth option is The Body is Not an Apology, The Power of Radical Self-Love by Sonia Renee Taylor. It's a little bit of like a good digestible read, like you could read it all in like a few days, and it's just packed with really interesting insight about this intersection of religion, sexuality, culture, race. It's just mind-blowing, honestly. So- Those are my books. That's where I'm leaving you for today. Are we feeling a little like cosmic whiplash yet? We went through a lot here. We're talking about owning our sexuality. Why? Because it's part, all part of bad bitch energy. It's all part of giving less fucks. It's all about showing up as 130, 50% of yourself exuding your own vibe instead of absorbing everyone else's freaking judgment, shame, expectations, stories. We're done with that. All of you is welcome here. All of you is welcome here, my love. We're gonna burn up all those last fucks. It's safe for you to show up fully, wholly, truthfully as you. Your body is magic. Your sex is holy. It is time for the world to receive all of your brilliance free of any of those fucks given. Okay, so until next time, come find me. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Go be the cosmic bad bitch you are here to be. And I'll see you next week. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.